The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. Yo, what's up? What's up? How's it going? Welcome to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. A lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to get off my chest today. Certainly you can do it as well. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and download the podcast. Uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Today we got an interesting show. We we don't talk about this a lot, but we should talk about it more. I've got special guest, uh, Reverend Frank Stewart. He's going to be on to talk about his book, Father Deficiency. Looking forward to having that conversation with Reverend Stewart. Um, I talk about fatherhood a lot. The lack thereof. So we'll get into that. And I'm going to throw some numbers at you as well. It's undeniable. The impact that fathers have on the lives of their children. It's undeniable. You can, If you're out there right now. And you're one of those parents. And you know what I'm talking about. And you're shaking your head. No it ain't. No it ain't. No it ain't. It's undeniable. Okay. I've got some numbers I'm going to throw at you. I, uh, I dare you. Okay, so we're going to talk about all of that here uh, in just a moment. Also, there are some, and late last night, this morning, there's breaking news that the grand jury in Georgia is talking. And at least the foreman is talking. And according to her, there's going to be a long list of indictments handed down. Now, I don't know how long she said they, I think they said they spoke to 75 people. <laughs> this ought to be very, very interesting. <laughs> so, that's all we got. That was just breaking news. And uh, are y'all still listening to Fox? You know they're lying to you, right? Sarah Huckabee Jethreen Bodine Sanders would make a great Fox News host because all they do is lie. <laughs> Y'all get it? <laughs> she lies. Y'all, if I had to explain a joke to you, uh, this show is too smart for you. Okay. <laughs> all right, so that's what's on the agenda today. I think you're going to... Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Reverend Stewart about this book as well. And, and like I said, I'm going to throw some numbers at you after uh, the show. And make sure you um, you take the phone number down and order a book and the website. All of that stuff is going to be uh, near the end 
uh, today. So we'll get into all of that here in just a moment. But before we can do anything, what can, what must we do? We must do Black Facts. Dynamic Black Facts. Our culture, our history, our people. Now, see, I know most of you all only celebrate blackness during February, okay? Uh, I'm reminded of a cartoon that was floating around the internet, which is so great. It's two little kids walking home from school, one black, one white. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing. And the white kid says to the black kid, Hey, are you going to be celebrating Black History Month? It's February. Are you going to be celebrating Black History Month? Uh, and the black kid looks at him and says, uh, Nah, that's Black History Month for is for people like you. I celebrate my Black History all year round. Oh, that just, that just, oh, that just makes me melt. I love black kids, especially smart ones. So it is Black History Month. And we do Black Facts every day. Okay. That's what we do here on Black Focus. It's the name, Black Focus. So uh, let's go ahead and do a Black Fact. This is about 15 black inventors that you may not have known anything about. So let's check this out. Fifteen untold black history inventors. Wasn't taught at school. Most people have heard about famous inventions like the light bulb, the cotton gin and the penicillin. But, did you know that many of the products we use every day were created by black people? Here's a list of 15 of them that, until now, you probably didn't know about. Frederick McKinley Jones. If your refrigerator has any produce from your local grocery store, then you can credit African-American inventor Frederick McKinley Jones. Jones took out more than 60 patents throughout his life, including a patent for the roof-mounted cooling system that's used to refrigerate goods on trucks during extended transportation in the mid-1930s. He received a patent for his invention in 1940, and co-founded the U.S. Thermo Control Company, later known as Thermo King. The company was critical during World War II, helping to preserve blood, food and supplies during the war. Dr. Shirley Jackson Dr. Shirley Jackson is an American physicist who received her PhD from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in 1973. She was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics at MIT. In addition to her lengthy list of academic achievements, she also has an impressive number of inventions under her belt. Her experiments with theoretical physics paved the way for numerous developments in the telecommunication space including the touch-tone telephone, the portable fax, caller ID, call waiting, and the fiber-optic cable. Today, Dr. Shirley Jackson is the 18th president of Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York. Louis Latimer Inventor and engineer Louis Latimer was born in Chelsea, Massachusetts, on September 4, 1848. He collaborated with science greats Hiram Maxim and Thomas Edison. One of Latimer's greatest inventions was the carbon filament, a vital component of the light bulb. His inventions didn't stop there. Working with Alexander Graham Bell, 
Latimer helped draft the patent for Bell's design of the telephone. This genius also designed an improved railroad car bathroom and an early air conditioning unit. So the next time you're escaping a hot day inside your cool house, don't forget to thank Louis Latimer. Marie Van Britten Brown. Did you know that the first home security system was invented by a black nurse? Meet Marie Van Britten Brown. Although she was a full-time nurse, she recognized the security threats to her home and devised a system that would alert her of strangers at her door and contact relevant authorities as quickly as possible. Her original invention consisted of peepholes, a camera, monitors, and a two-way microphone. The finishing touch was an alarm button that, when pressed, would immediately contact the police. Her patent laid the groundwork for the modern closed-circuit television system that is widely used for surveillance, home security systems, push-button alarm triggers, crime prevention, and traffic monitoring. Otis Boykin Otis Boykin's most notable contribution to science was likely the circuit improvements he made to pacemakers after losing his mother to heart failure, a contribution that has saved countless lives since. But this single improvement was among a long list of achievements. Boykin had 26 patents in his name and is famed for the development of IBM computers, burglar-proof cash register, chemical air filters, and an electronic resistor used in controlled missiles and other devices. Lonnie G. Johnson. Did you ever enjoy water gun fights as a kid? Well, meet Lonnie Johnson, the man that gave us the most famous water gun, the Super Soaker. Lonnie wasn't a toymaker. He was actually an aerospace engineer for NASA with a resume boasting a stint with the U.S. Air Force, work on the Galileo Jupiter probe and Mars Observer project, and more than 40 patents. Yes, he is also working on the Johnson Thermoelectric Energy Converter, JTEC, which converts heat directly into electricity, but it's the squirt gun he created that has given us all the most joy. Charles Drew. Every two seconds someone in the US needs blood. Thanks to Charles Drew, that blood is available. Drew was a physician, surgeon, and medical researcher who worked with a team at Red Cross on groundbreaking discoveries around blood transfusions. In World War II, he played a major role in developing the first large-scale blood banks and blood plasma programs. He also invented the, and get ready because this name is pretty charming, bloodmobiles. These are the refrigerated trucks that, to this day, safely transport stored blood to the location where it is needed most. Drew was one of the most prominent doctors working in his field, and one of the only African Americans, during a time when blood donation was still separated along lines of race. Drew eventually resigned from his position with the American Red Cross over their insistence on adhering to this policy. It was 1950 before the Red Cross finally recognized all blood as being equal. Marion R. Croke. In 2013, Marion Croke was inducted into Women in Technology International's Hall of Fame, a move that recognizes her remarkable achievements in tech. Croke holds over 135 patents, primarily in voiceover internet protocol, VoIP, some in other areas. She has another 100 patents currently under review. Today, Marion is an SVP at AT&T, serves as a mentor for women in AT&T Labs, and sits on the board for the Holocaust, Genocide and Human Rights Education Center. Lisa Jalobter. If you ever enjoyed an animated GIF on the web, 
like this one amazing clip of a kitten being scared by an iguana, then you have Lisa Jalopter to thank. Jalopter was integrally involved with the advent of Shockwave, a technology that formed the beginning of web animation. She also played a major role in the emergency of online video, later serving on the senior management team at Hulu. Previously, Lisa was the interim head of digital for BET Networks and ran technology, product and business operations. Today, you can catch Lisa at the White House, in the United States Digital Service. She is currently serving as the Chief Digital Service Officer with the U.S. Department of Education. Philip Imaguali. Due to cost, Philip Imaguali was forced to drop out of school at age 14. But this didn't stop him from becoming one of the greatest computer pioneers of our time. In fact, he's often called, the Bill Gates of Africa. As an adult, Imaguali began studying nature, specifically bees. The construction of the honeycomb inspired him to rethink computer processing. In 1989, he put this idea to work, using 65,000 processes to invent the world's first supercomputer, able to perform 3.1 billion calculations per second. Jesse Ernest Wilkins Jr. Jesse Ernest Wilkins Jr. is one of America's most important contemporary mathematicians. At 13, he became the University of Chicago's youngest student. Wilkins continued his studies there, earning bachelor, master, and eventually earning his doctorate degree in mathematics at the age of 19. He's published papers in mathematics, optics, and nuclear engineering. As a mathematician for the American Optical Company in Buffalo, New York, he perfected lens design for microscopes and ophthalmologic uses. His greatest contribution to scholarship was the development of mathematical models to explain gamma radiation and his work on developing a shielding against gamma radiation. His other claim to fame came from working on the Manhattan Project. At the Manhattan Project, Wilkins worked with future Nobel laureate Eugene Wigner and made significant contributions to nuclear reactor physics, now known as the Wilkins Effect and the Wigner-Wilkins Spectrum. Elijah McCoy Often regarded as one of the most famous black inventors ever, McCoy was credited for 50 inventions over the span of his career. In an effort to improve efficiency and eliminate the frequent stopping necessary for lubrication of trains, McCoy devised a method of automating the task. In 1872 he developed a lubricating cup that could automatically drip oil when and where needed, vital in avoiding sticking to the track. The lubricating cup met with enormous success and orders for it came in from railroad companies all over the country. It was so popular that when other inventors attempted to steal his idea and sell their own versions of the device, companies were not fooled. They insisted on the authentic device, calling it, the real McCoy. Garrett Morgan. Those who survived either of the world wars thanks to a gas mask have Garrett Morgan to thank. Morgan first created the safety hood to help firefighters navigate smoky buildings, later modifying it to carry its own air supply, making it the world's first effective gas masks. He also had the good sense to add a third position to the traffic signal. Yes, there was a time when traffic signals just said indicated, stop, or go, an addition that further reduced automobile accidents. Mary and Mildred Davidson Mary and her sister Mildred patented many practical inventions. They didn't have technical education, but they were both exceptional at spotting ways to make people's lives better. 
Together, they invented the sanitary belt. Later, Mary invented the moisture-resistant pocket for the belt. While disabled from multiple sclerosis, Mary went on to invent the walker and the toilet tissue holder. Listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. And don't forget if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568. That's how you make this thing happen. You know what I'm saying, Vern? <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of stuff to talk about. I hope you enjoyed that. You know, it is Black History Month, so we have to give a black fact every day, 365 days a year. Because it's black history year for me. And it is on this show as well. A lot of interesting in- engineers, men and women, that you didn't know made a difference and makes a difference in your life every day that white people don't know. And see, that's why it's so important that you teach about this and you have history because there are a lot of white kids don't think or don't know that there was black people that made interesting contributions and great contributions to their overall qualities of life. So, need to talk about that kind of stuff. All right? 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. We're going to take a break. When we come back on the line, we'll have... Reverend Frank Stewart, and we'll talk to him. Excuse me. We'll talk to him about fatherhood. Very important segment. I talk about fathers a lot. There are a lot of women out there don't like fathers. I'm just gonna be real with you. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Part of the problem is with a lot of these kids is he left me he ain't gonna ever see his kids again he cheated on me he ain't gonna ever see his kids again that's part of the problem let's call it the way it is just like we do every day on Black Focus Radio we'll be back in a moment David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. 
Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products, national producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Habibi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from nine to five. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn y'all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Dave's radio show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. Uh, Coming up right now, let's go to the phones and talk to our special guest today, uh, Reverend Frank Stewart, uh, and let's talk a little bit about what's going on with his book. Welcome back to Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me. If you want to call the show, don't forget to hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and download the podcast. Go out to your favorite podcast podcast platform and check us out. And, of course, you can always go to joinetradio.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and download the app and just or just listen live from the website. So... A lot of stuff to talk about today, and as, as you know, uh, for years since I've been doing this show, I've been telling you about my advocacy for father's rights. 
and uh, it has continued over the years. Of course, I told you the stories about me lobbying at the state legislature uh, in the state of Tennessee uh, and talking about the problems with fathers, not the ones that are walking away, but the importance of why they need to be in the lives of their children. My saying has been for years is the common denominator of all the negative behavior our children participate in is fatherlessness, whether they walked away or whether they were driven away by the court system or the wife or girlfriend or mother. If we are going to solve the problem of our children, I firmly believe that we must get fathers back into their lives somehow, some way. So my guest today, uh, I was watching the local news, and I'm always happy to talk to people who understand the crisis of fatherhood and how it is how a father is so important to the overall well-being of not just a family structure, but individuals, girls, and boys. Reverend Frank Stewart, who is the pastor of the senior pastor at Acts Ministries in Conway and North Little Rock. I wanted to get him on because he's got a new book. And just to bounce some things off of him, talk about the book that he's talked that he's uh he's recently published and let's see if we can come to an agreement of how we can get fathers back into the lives of their children. Reverend Stewart, welcome to Black Focus Radio. God bless you. Glad to be on with you today to talk about this this problem, this issue. And I often tell people that it is the number one epidemic in America. We sometimes look at everything else, but if you could just look at what comes from fatherlessness and the book I'm doing, it, it, it's, 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 an, it's a book I wrote some years ago, but we redoing it, uh, repackaging it because it needs to be done. But this issue of fatherlessness is a very important issue. It touches almost every social ill in our nation. And the one thing that the one thing that we want people to understand is that fathers are irreplaceable. They are irreplaceable in the lives of their children. Well, Reverend Stewart, it's funny you say that because it seems that society and America as a whole doesn't seem to them like it's a big deal. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's something I had to deal with growing up. You don't have a father, everything's going to be all right. And it's, it's denial. And I have to confess that growing up, I was in denial thinking that I turned out all right. But really, emotionally, you find out you're not all right, but not just emotionally. When you get into relationships, and we see so many people that never had a good example of a good, godly relationship. So they try to make it work when they get in a relationship, and we see uh, the relationship just falling apart. The other thing that we need to understand is that fathers that that are producing children now, many of them didn't have good fathers growing up. So it's a vicious cycle that we're in. 
but it is a huge deal. It is a huge deal from the emotional standpoint, especially from the spiritual standpoint and the psychological standpoint, even, even financially. One thing I note in the book, uh, it was some psychologists that came together and they estimated the calls, the calls in 2008, they estimated the calls of not having fathers in our home in this country. And they added it up to be a hundred billion dollars. And that is wow. just the financial. But when you think about the emotional cost, it is even greater than that. When you think about what a child goes through emotionally when that father is not there. So our, our society has to be educated to the point of understanding that every child was designed to have a good, godly father. I, I totally agree with you, uh, but it's when you look at today's society, um, as you heard me say briefly in my monologue that uh, I lobbied the state legislature uh, for about 15 years. Uh, my organization was I Love My Children Too, I being the father. Um, I was right. told by a judge that, all I need to do was pay my child support and everything would be okay. Uh, I totally disagreed with that. And uh, there are quite a few fathers that are out here who feel the same. But in a society today where we have independent, quote-unquote, black women who basically are saying and telling people that, telling even in front of their kids that they don't need a man and their kids don't need a father, how do you combat that? Well, first the thing, first thing you do, we have to look at what God says about it. Now, it took a man and a woman to bring that child into the world. And it's going to take a man and a woman to supply that child what they need emotionally, psychologically, physically, and also spiritually. So you have that component. Those that do not believe in the word of God, just look at the statistics. You look at the statistics when the father's not there, the child is more likely to be raised in poverty. Numbers don't lie. When you look at the numbers of those that do not have fathers in their home, that father's not there, the child is more likely to be raised in poverty. And not just that, when, you're, when you don't have a father in that home, fatherlessness, uh, or a father's not active in the child's life for whatever reason, then that child is almost 90% have an opportunity of 90% of, of having uh, behavior issues in school when that father's not there. And the numbers goes on and on and on and on. And some of these are old numbers, and they're probably even worse now. But when the father's not there, nine out of ten children that have behavior issues in school are, are missing that father in their lives. Uh, so we see how important a father is. It's not optional. Having a father in your life is not optional. It took a man and a woman to bring that child into the into the world. It takes both of them, those components, to have that child to be well-rounded and complete. That father needs to be in the life of that child. Reverend Stewart, I certainly concur with you, certainly with the research, 
that I've done. Uh, at one point, I had a website, I Love My Children Too, which is probably going to go back up here real soon, uh, uh, stating those numbers. Uh, and I also went around, you know, spoke at Father's Day events and, as well as went to conferences with women uh, making these claims. And the pushback was tremendous. You being yes. a pastor, what is it like from the women in your congregation when you talk about this and the importance of having fathers in the lives of their children? Well, you know, after so many decades of talking about this and showing the numbers and reasoning, and uh, it's pretty well accepted and pretty well known, but it's going to take some education to do that. Fathers are not optional. And I think that in our society, we have been brainwashed to believe that, you know, if he's there, good. If he's not there, good. And, and that's not the case. Every child needs that father in his life. Or if the father's deceased or whatever, he needs a good role model, uh, a male role model. That's a must. You know, the one thing that is hard to do is to tell, I grew up in a home, single parent home. It's hard to tell your mother that is doing everything for you. I mean, everything, working, uh, two jobs, doing all of that, that all she, she does, she still cannot replace what a father can do in the life of that child. I think if we have conversation, if we can talk about it, if we can reason it out, then we will be able to see that it is it is a necessity for that father to be in the, in the life of the child. And if that father's not there, then we see the consequences. Over 20, over 20 times more likely to be incarcerated. You know, you, you, if you go to prison and just interview those men that are in prison and begin to talk to them about their fathers, it will become obvious there were some things missing. He was missing. Something was missing in our lives. The more likely it was that father, the fatherlessness. I was saying that uh, it's funny you brought up the fact about the, uh, the prison. is because, you know, when I was in my organization, I would go down to the local juvenile det detention center in Nashville, Davidson County, yeah. and, uh, you know, talk to some of the kids and I would always ask the question because uh, I was sure what one of the problems was or what was the cause. And I would ask those kids, yeah. how many of them had a relationship with their dads? And I'm going to tell you, my friend, just like you said, 90% of them had little or no relationship to their father. And right. that's where it begins. Even even now in the job that I do, I deal with a uh, a lot of young people and young males. Uh, these young males are overly emotional because they've been raised by their moms. They don't know how to deal or talk to a brother like me who I consider a real man. Uh, they're intimidated. They're they're they 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 seem to want to be confrontational when you're only trying to give them direction. And it's amazing how we continue to simply ignore fathers and think this is, and I believe it's by design, because if I can keep a population incarcerated, then I can control that population. But more importantly, 
I could control how that population breeds. And I know that sounds strange, but these numbers that you talk about, these numbers that I know that I'm going to talk about a little later on in the show, these numbers have been around for years. These, these are not numbers that you made up. They come from the CDC, the Government Accounting Office, uh, Health and Human right. Services. You look at the statistics. You look at the, 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 the rate of teen pregnancy. A young lady without a father is more likely to become pregnant than a young lady who does have a father. It just goes on and on. They're more likely to fail school. They're more likely to drop out. They're more likely to participate in early sexual activity. It just goes on and on and on. And you would tend to believe that if they really cared about children, then the court systems would do more to get fathers back in the lives of their children. And, you know, the one thing that you're saying as far as uh, talking about the confrontation that sometimes you have with young men, when you look at one thing that I, in Chapter 7 of my book, I talk about order, structure, and discipline feels like abuse when you haven't had that male figure, that father in your life. You just said something right there. When the father is not there, then that order and structure and discipline that everyone needs that's going to be successful in life to that fatherless child, many times that feels like abuse. So what you have is uh, from job to job and no job, and they say, well, they don't like me. It just feels like abuse. Not that that's not uh, discrimination and different things on the job. I'm just saying when that father hadn't been there, they instill that order, structure, and discipline. Because I think many women will agree that that male presence, the male voice, carries more weight when the father is saying to the children, do this or do that. It's just the authority that God has given unto the man. Uh, my wife used to say, she said, it's not fair. She said, I'd be home with the kids all day. And she said, they running around doing stuff. She said, you come in from work and you tell them, get on the couch and sit down. And they run, jump on the couch and sit down. It's a different authority in the male voice. So when you have not had that growing up, then all the structure and discipline seems like abuse. Well, you know as well as I know that if you don't have order and structure and discipline in your life, you will not be successful in this life in America. You will be considered an outlaw or criminal. So order, structure, and discipline that the father brings into the home is very, very important. You're exactly right, and it's funny. Uh, You know, I had a young man who... Uh, in the job that I do, uh, he told he called his mama on me because I wasn't responding to him the way he felt like I should have been responding to him. Right. I just kind of laughed at him, you know. Uh, but the point right. being, and when I tell that story, is that this young man had never dealt with a real black man, and it was pretty clear. Right. So. Reverend Stewart, one of the things that we need to address here, the elephant in the room that causes a lot of this is the court system, Uh, the child support uh, and the custody support, because 
I've been arguing for years is that if a parent, a custodial parent, can go and argue for child support at that very same hearing, there should be a custody hearing. Now, Arkansas, about a year ago, I believe it went into effect last July, uh, they passed a law that the more visitation that a non-custodial parent has with their child, the uh, it could limit the amount of child support that they pay. But the number one problem in causing a lot of this are the courts, because the courts presuppose that if you are a male, you can't raise children, which is a lie, because I know a lot of single dads. I'm one of them, by the way. And right. that causes a lot of the problem. So uh, until we address this legislatively in the courts, I feel that this is going to continue. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so, too. And and it's kind of odd that you would think that that they would think that a man cannot raise a child, but a woman can uh, and have equal results. It takes both of them. It takes it takes that it takes that good mother. It takes that good father. It takes both of them. But when, you know, you have some things that are going on in our society that that maybe is uh, I don't want to say more advantageous to have the father not at home, but we know that from history. We know that from history. We know certain things happened where uh, more money was given if, if the father was not in the home. So we're dealing with some history, and we have to be honest about that. There are some things that have happened uh, historically that has brought about this gap uh, between children and their fathers, and it was a financial thing at first. So this is not something that just happened yesterday or, or last year or a decade ago. This is something that happened uh, many decades ago, and it happened uh, through uh, the court system. Laws were passed where uh, it became more advantageous to for the man not to be in the home or for him to slip into the home because, uh, you know, the, the check coming into the house if he wasn't there. And check coming when there was a pregnancy and he wasn't there. Those are facts that we have to look at and we have to be realistic and deal with it. What has happened, though, is that many, many uh, children that are fatherless, their their normal is really abnormal. Because anytime you grow up in an atmosphere where it's just, one parent, and you talk about men that have been raised, and I talk about this too, men that have been raised by women. There's an imbalance there. You know, it's just, it's just an imbalance there. Uh be the same way if, uh, if children were raised by uh, just a father. But in our society, it's mostly women raising children on their own. So to be able to see that, then we begin to see that this is, this is not normal. But when you're normal is abnormal than we have what we have today where people are fighting actually to keep everything abnormal because it should be viewed as abnormal for a father not to be in the home or the father not to be able to be in the lives of their children. Well, your book and certainly my organization and organizations around the country, uh, especially the black ones, have got to do a better job of educating people. Um, I have this debate all the time with women, 
and uh, their stereotype of of black fathers really really damages the overall relationship and about i think it's been about 4 years now uh harvard did a study of 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 fathers of different ethnic groups i don't know if you're familiar with this study uh it was published in the new york times it was published in the la times all around the country and i always refer to this and you can go out and look for it on on the internet as well because it's still there and you know you hear black women talking about how black men are no good they don't take care of their children but like you say the numbers don't lie and this study unequivocally talks about the difference between black fathers hispanic fathers asian fathers and white fathers and of those four groups who do you think take care of their children more so than anyone else? I would say black fathers. I guess that black fathers that. are in the lives and take care of their children more than any other ethnic group. Yet we have this stereotype that is being perpetrated by the media. And unfortunately, a lot of our black women believe that. And it, and it manifests itself in their relationships and I often have this debate on Facebook and I just simply post the article and then you hear them making excuses. Well, it's not the one that I'm dealing with. Maybe we need to start making better choices about the people that we decide that we're going to have babies with as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not going to be just one thing. It is going to, it's going to be a a multitude of things that need to be done to fix this, but the conversation, we got to have a conversation and that study, like many studies, we will see uh, that that we need to come back to the table again and, and have a have a discussion about black fathers because there are stereotypes, no doubt about that. There are stereotypes that are out there, and like you said, as far as the media. So if we can come and just sit down at the table and have a conversation, I do believe that that many many of of uh, the black women, black females will see that that black fathers. There are many, many black fathers that want to do the right thing about their for their children and concern their children. So that's a good study. I'm gonna look that up because that is just something we need to bring to the table. One thing that that we have to understand is what God said: "My people destroy for lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge, ignorance is a huge barrier." to us tearing down some walls between uh, between the mothers and fathers and helping them to understand that the best interest of the child, the very best interest of the child would be for the father to be in their lives. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, Reverend Stewart, uh, I, I was so excited about talking to you, didn't even, didn't even mention the name of your book. Tell us the name of your book. Uh, and how they can get a copy, how the listeners can get a copy of this of this work. The name of the book is Father Deficiency. Father Deficiency, and it deals with fatherlessness, and it goes one step beyond that. Uh, it is the daddy vitamin, and what I'm saying in the book, espousing in the book, is that in the presence of that father, there are some things that children receive that they cannot receive in any other place. So the name of the book is Father Deficiency, the most needed vitamin in America. And let me just give you a website where they can go 
to order a copy of that. Uh, it's ACTS at AxeMinistries.org. AxeMinistries.org. And they can see that on the website, uh, Father Deficiency. All right. We'll definitely keep people posted on that uh, because I think this, this is the challenge of our time is to get fathers yeah. to stand up and start. Because, see, I think there's a you spoke briefly about the economics of it all. You get fathers back in the lives of their children, then the economies in these communities where children are suffering will change. Because by nature of those men coming into those communities and doing things for those children, it it, it has all kinds of tentacles. And and I believe, as you you briefly touched on, that, yeah, it has a lot to do with the the system that was set up back in the 60s. And we're still living out in that system today. And I'm hoping that more men like yourself, myself, will get out and start talking about these issues because it's uncomfortable, but we need to talk about it. Absolutely. We need to come to the table and talk about it. One thing I mentioned on the cover of the book is 29 things every person needs to know who was reared without a good father and everyone who loved them or will come in contact with them. We have to arm people with information and knowledge. I've seen, I've seen an incredible, remarkable uh, I guess, change in our congregation over uh, three decades, just understanding that how necessary the Father is. And so we're very receptive in, in the two churches that I pastor because I've talked about it for so long. And growing up without a father, my father accidentally was uh, killed when my mother was pregnant with me. So uh, almost everything about him I do not know never really seen a good picture of him. So I am living witness what it does to you physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and especially financially, when you do not have a father, a good godly father in your life. Well, uh, I, I concur because I too grew up without a father. The difference is you could get a picture. I never knew who mine was. And uh, wow. uh, I, I consider my myself a success today based on yeah. some of the things that I've been able to accomplish. But I've often wondered, had I had that one stick to yeah. guide me in the yeah. right direction, what what could I have accomplished more so than I have today? So uh, I, I think you're right on point with that. And, you know, as I sit here and I think about it, you know, you and I might need to collaborate and let's have a seminar or something where we can invite people to talk about, at least begin the conversation, because if we're going to save our children, you know, I, I know a lot of fathers who don't have relationships with their children uh, because of the court systems. You know, I know a lot of mothers who don't think all of a sudden that they don't think the dad is good enough, yet they've, they're with the boyfriend who's beating the heck out of them. You know, it's it, it, it's a vicious cycle, and it's it's something we certainly have got to start getting our arms around if we want to save our community. Amen. And you mentioned something that, that reminded me of Chapter 5 in my book, running a relay race without a baton. 
when you don't have somebody to hand you that baton, that way you're not starting from zero. You're already in the race. Somebody ran that race before you and handed you a baton. So when he's not there, you've got children trying to run a race and nobody has handed them a baton. So uh, it's something we need to open up and discuss and have a conversation with people so they can receive the knowledge that they need so they can prosper and their children can prosper. Because I think that once we get past all the barriers, I don't think any parent that really loves their children would want them to grow up imbalanced or grow up without what they need. So I think it's just getting everybody to the table. I guess I'm optimistic in that getting everybody to the table and hashing some of this out. Uh, we've been doing this in our church for decades. Uh, uh, matter of fact, just doing it today. That's it's, it's not many things that come across my desk that is not dealing with fatherlessness or father deficiency. And I started noticing that I've been pastoring for over three decades and I've been, I started noticing that uh, early in my ministry that almost everything social ills you can almost trace back to the father being absent uh look uh, i i totally agree with you it's uh, uh it's amazing how you can you can look at this and that analogy that you used about running the relay race w- was right on point uh you know i found that those men who grew up without fathers typically go one way or the other fortunately for me i went the way of that I remember at 10 years old telling my unborn children that they would they would never grow up without their father. And I've kept that promise to them. And uh, I am the the starter in this relay race for my daughter and my son. And we are about to pass the baton. And both of them are very successful. Uh, And we have a fantastic relationship. But. That is in part because of that promise that I made to them before they were even conceived uh, that uh, this daddy would make sure that they're in the lives of their children. And for those men out there who are listening and you may not have a relationship, it's never too late. Those those kids will always long for a relationship with their dads. And you see it on on TV. You see it on these talk shows. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience that I'm 60, almost 62 years old and will never know who my father is. My daughter has launched a um, uh, one of those DNA programs to try to find relatives to help me. But it's one of those things that has always been in the back of my mind as to yes. I wonder what my dad was like. So I want to applaud yes. you for bringing this to the forefront and hopefully we can continue these conversations because we have to, it is imperative if we want our children to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you would send me an address, I would make sure I get you a copy of my book. I sure will. And I appreciate it. And I'm serious. As I sit here, a lot of my friends have been saying when I move here back here from Nashville, a lot of my friends ask me, Dad, Dave, are you going to do your father's thing? And I haven't as of yet, but I, I'm thinking about putting something together because we've got to have these conversations. So I definitely will send you my address and we'll be talking more about this because it's something that we have to address. 
So, Reverend Frank Stewart, we really appreciate you joining Black Focus Radio. Anytime you need to come on and talk about issues such as this, uh, don't hesitate. We'd really, really love to have you. And thanks again, and, and congratulations and good luck on your book. God bless you, and I thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right, that's Reverend Frank Stewart. Uh, we'll give you some more information of how you can get the book later on. Of course, I'm going to give you some statistics as well. And, yeah, we're going to probably try to put together a Father's organ, a father's uh, event. I think it would be a good Father's Day weekend would be a good weekend to do that. But before I say that, I need to make sure that I don't, I'm not out of town. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You've been listening to Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinetradio.com. The 19th Annual UAMS Mid-South Black Expo 2023 returns to the venue at Westwind Saturday, February 25th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. with the theme, Our Health, Our Wealth, and Our Culture. Come on out and enjoy the festivities featuring 100 black-owned businesses, Ask a Doctor, food trucks, and live performances and health screenings and a whole lot more. For booths, tickets, and sponsorship information, go to MidSouthBlackExpo.com. Don't forget, the 19th Annual UAMS MidSouth Black Expo 2023. Our health, our wealth, our culture. There's always great fun and plenty to do for the entire family. We'll see you this Saturday for the 19th Annual UAMS Mid-South Black Expo 2023. Don't miss it. Coming back from the break. Appreciate you, Reverend Stewart. We'll get together, put something together, and try to get people talking about fathers. Don't be fans of us about it. Wanna just read some numbers to you real fast. Okay? If it's alright with y'all. Do I have time to do this? Tell you what, I'm going to do this, and I'll read the numbers to you after the top of the hour. Okay? How about that? So, here we go. The difference between a man and a boy. Boys play house. Men build homes. Boys shack. Men marry. Boys make babies. Men raise children. Boys won't raise their own children. Men raise their children and somebody else's. Boys gamble. Men work. Boys are present-centered. Men are time-balanced. Boys are local and provincial. Men are international and universal. Boys are up on the latest. Men strive to be the greatest. Boys are consumers. Men are producers. That's the difference between a man and a boy. I want to thank Reverend Stewart for joining us this hour. As I promised you, we'll be, we're going to try to get more guests on the show for sure. Let's go ahead and take the top of the hour break. We'll be back in a moment. Appreciate you listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions. Our voices on joinedradio.com.
Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products. National producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Habibi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and, and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from nine to five. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We're located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn y'all on to the Deacon Days Radio Show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Dave Radio Show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the second hour of Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. I want to thank Reverend Frank Stewart, pastor of Axe Ministries in Conway and Little Rock, coming on talking about his book. And he, I guess he got the conversation going. Or maybe it's the conversation that we should have had a long time ago. His book is called Father's... Father Deficiency, 
He talks about the importance of fathers in the lives of their children and their upbringing, something that this country <clears throat> seems to not care about. Although there's all kinds of data out there that suggest the importance of fathers in the, in the lives of their children. Here's some data that I've been using for years. I'm going to read it to you. Because, you know, all you sisters out there who want to, that got your nose turned up now because I'm talking about this, this particular subject. Do you really care about your children? That's the bottom line on it. You know, the only way of a, a, a man should not be seeing his children or a non-custodial parent is that they've been a detriment to them. And what I mean by that is that they've been violent, abusive, things of that nature. That's because you're mad at him or just because you don't like him. Well, you like them to have babies by him. So you've got to get your children back to their dads. It shouldn't, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you, it shouldn't even go through the courts. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that's what we have to do. It shouldn't go to the courts. Uh, you know, I, I, I always think about the story of the sister who was trying to get a new car. And this was in Nashville. No, this was actually in Memphis. And <clears throat> she wasn't making enough money. So she went to the car dealer, and the car dealer uh Ask her, was she getting child support from her kids? She had two kids. She said, no, we kind of work it out together. It works for us. And he said, well, if you can get X amount more dollars uh, of income and we do count child support, then you can get a new car. So guess what? She went and put his, her, the father of her children on child support. Guess what happened? She ended up losing money because he was basically taking care of everything. She didn't really have to ask him for anything. So he stopped doing that. The system is not designed for us. We have to work this out and we have to understand that what comes first or what should come first are our children. Let me just read these statistics to you. 63% of you suicides 93% of all homeless and runaway children, 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders, 80% of rapists, 71% of all high school dropouts, 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions, 85% of all youth sitting in prisons come from fatherless homes. Wow. That's mind-boggling. There's more. Translated, that means that children from a fatherless home are five times more likely to commit suicide, 20 times more likely to end up in prison, 32 times more likely to run away, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, 20 times more likely to, to uh, exhibit behavioral disorders, and 14 times more likely to commit rape. Hello? Hello? Wow, I've had this little handout that I'm holding in my hand. This is the only one that I have left. I know at least 20 years. 
Those are the numbers. But you don't think fathers are important? Is that what I understand? You don't think they're important? Okay. I have more. Since we're talking about this subject today, <clears throat> because it's so important. So, this is from the New York Times. This is written by Charles Blow, and you heard me reference uh, the, the study. This is according to the CDC. Uh, one of the most pers persistent statistical bludgeons of people who want to blame black people for any injustice or inequity they encounter is, according to the CDC's data, in 2013, in nearly 72% of the births to non-Hispanic black women, the mothers were unmarried. Okay. John Lev points out in his new book, All In, in a chapter entitled, How Black Dads Are Doing Best of All, But Still There's a Crisis. One fact that Lev quickly establishes is that most black fathers in America live with their children. There are about 2.5 million black fathers living with their children, about 1.7 million living apart from them. So then you may ask, how is it that 72% of black children are born to single mothers? How can that be true? There are two things to consider. First, there are a growing number of people who live together but don't marry. Those mothers are still single, even though the child's father may live in the home and as the Washington Post reported last year. The share of unmarried couples who opted to have shotgun cohabitations moving in together after a pregnancy surpassed shotgun marriages for the first time during the last decade, according to a forthcoming paper by the National Health Statistics, part of the CDC Control and Pre Prevention Center. Hello? So check this out. Because, see, the myth is that black fathers don't take care of their children. <clears throat> numbers don't lie, as the, the great reverend said last hour. Here's some numbers for you. Fathers living with children. Okay? And it says, let me enlarge this because that's kind of small. Fathers living with children, it has three groups. Hispanics, white, and black. Now, it breaks down to different things that they do with their children. So in this particular case, fed or ate meals with the children daily. Who do you think did that the most? Black fathers. 78% for black fathers, 73% for white fathers, and 63% 63.9 for Hispanic. Bathe, diaper, or dress children daily. Who do you think did that more? Y'all probably know by now it's black fathers. Played with children daily, black fathers, 82%. Read to children daily, 34%. White fathers, if you think that number is low, white fathers, 30%, and Hispanic, 21%. That's fathers living with their children. And even if you go down to where fathers that are not living with their children, black fathers still outperform every one of those study groups, Hispanics and whites. So what is this myth? 
What is this myth about black fathers? Y'all tell me. You all have been fed the okie doke. Black mothers, you all have been fed the okie doke. What has this country been great at doing? Demonizing black men. So what you have to understand, if I can destroy your man, then I can I can destroy your race. Because it requires a man in order to procreate race. So what have they done from, from the time we began on this continent? It's demonize and destroy the black male. Now they have many black women doing the very same thing. And you don't know it. All of these lives, all of these lies that they're telling about black fathers. And when you look at the numbers, as Reverend Stewart said, numbers don't lie. This, by the way, this article that I was reading from is from the New York Times. Hello? Do y'all understand that? From the New York Times. But everywhere you hear in the media, you hear that black fathers ain't this, black fathers ain't that, black fathers ain't doing this, black, single black mothers, da 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 And the statistics bear it out that even with single fathers and mothers who choose to cohabitate, black fathers are still outperforming blacks and Hispanic fathers. I mean, white and, and, and Hispanic fathers. This is a problem, folks. Don't you understand? This is a problem. This is what they try to do. This is how they've demonized our community. Man, I know a lot of great black fathers. All the men I know are great black fathers. I don't, I'm sitting here now just off the I don't know one quote unquote bad black father. <laughs> I'm sure there may be that I know that I don't know about, but man, all the men I've ever been around, I'm God, I'm just sitting here thinking. I've got I've got fathers who have children who are uh disabled and they've stuck. I've got a very good dear friend who has a son that's disabled. And he stuck around, been with that boy. I mean, I'm just wondering here. So how is it that you've allowed them to demonize black fathers? Because, see, if they can separate you from us, then they got you. This is not some conspiracy theory. This is something that they've been doing from the inception of this country. It's to demonize black fathers, black men. And I'm going to tell you, I hate to say it, but there are a whole lot of sisters out there that's fallen prey to this. I'm just saying. whole lot of y'all. Right? Yeah, right. So what we've got to do is start making sure that we are telling the right stories. 
that we're doing the research, that we're not just falling. Look, you may have had a bad relationship with the father of your child, but that doesn't mean all fathers are like that. And by the way, didn't you choose him? Maybe you need to do some self-reflection. And the reason I'm doing this, and don't take it personal, I'm doing this because of your children that I might encounter by chance. And he's angry or she's angry because daddy wasn't there. When daddy lived around the corner. Now, let's be honest. There are some guys out here just pieces of, you know, what? We saw one of those people this weekend at the All-Star game, Carl Malone, who basically had sex with a 13-year-old girl and fathered a child and would do nothing for that child. That young man went on to play in the NFL for five years. So there are men out there that are like that. Ah, look, we understand that. But I'm talking about men who simply, they just want to be a part of their children's lives. And we have a court system set up where you have to beg, plead, borrow, and steal just to be in your child's life. As I said in that interview, Judge told me that if I just pay my child support, I'll be okay. I said, what about spending time with my child, going to his school? He said, that, that's up to you. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Just pay your child support. And we know, based on the study that I just talked about, that spending time with your child is probably the most important thing you can do with them, playing with them, knocking them down when they're walking. All the things that dads do. Part of the reason so many of these kids are out here, they're just lost. I could have been one of them, as I've stated. Hey, I never knew my dad. Okay? We've got Ancestry.com. We're looking. Hadn't really found anything. It's weird. At my age right now, I'm still trying to find my father. It used to hurt. It still hurts a little bit, but it doesn't hurt the way it did when I was growing up. You just like to know. All I'm saying to you, women, custodial mothers, you cannot replace a father. You can pretend like I'm the mother and the father. No, you're not. A friend of mine, at least I thought she was a friend, got mad at me last Father's Day because she posted on a Facebook page that she was thanking her mom for being the mother and the father. And I wrote her a private note saying, you know, I really understand what you're saying about your mom, but you really insulted fathers. You took a day that was dedicated to fathers and tried to prove a point or make a feminist point. She hadn't talked to me since. 
I don't care. Fathers are important. Don't matter that we didn't carry him. You couldn't have carried him if it wasn't for me. Dad. There's a reason why it takes a man and a woman to make a child. Don't get mad at me. I didn't create that 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 situation. The creator, what did you call him? God, Allah, Buddha, uh, whoever. Rock, paper, scissors. If it was meant that fathers was to just walk away, then that would have been doing been happening from for the beginning of time. You see, that doesn't happen. Nowhere in any other country, nowhere in the world. But here in America, because we've got this feminist kick where fathers are important or aren't important, we don't need a man. Your children do. I don't care what anyone says. I Look, I don't have any uh, statistical data. But I would argue that that's part of the reason we have so many children growing up confused about their sexuality. I know y'all going to get mad at me. Oh, let them be what they want to be. Well, that's the problem. Kids are supposed to be guided. They're not supposed to grow up like wild weeds and bouncing from pillar to post. That's what fathers and mothers are supposed to do. But because dad ain't in the home, mom just lets them grow up anyway. (laughs) It's amazing. So, I'm just saying... 855-52, y'all are good mad at me now, right? But I'm glad Reverend Stewart came on because we need to talk about fathers. We need to talk about them in a positive light. We need to encourage those young men out there who are struggling as fathers. Fathers struggle just like mothers struggle. Why don't we give them support? Why, why aren't we, if you want to really solve this problem, the same support you're giving women for bus tokens and getting them jobs and getting them welfare, getting them food stamps should go. If a mother is on welfare, a father should be on welfare. That's the family unit. You want to support it? Then you should support both of them. Because even if they're not living together, that father theoretically has to maintain a house. And a lot of times, these fathers, you typically have babies by people that are in your socioeconomic uh, strata. So a poor male is going to have a baby by a poor female. And they're going to both struggle. So what sense does it make that you support the mother, but you don't support the father? (laughs) Makes no sense to me. And it shouldn't to you. We'll take a break. <laughs> Makes no sense, man. Sisters got bust. These sisters get bus tokens. They get job placement. They get to go to school free in a lot of cases. All of these programs for these women and these bro- these brothers out here are struggling. No wonder they're selling drugs. They look at the world and say, "Hey, you don't give a damn about me, so I'm gonna go out here and get mine." The world be damned. And then they, then the, the mothers of their children, they struggle because that same father will run interference to keep her from getting her education. It's a vicious cycle. We'll be back in a moment.
look, feel, and smell better with organic products from The Coleman Collection. Check out our catalog and order online at thecolemancollection.net. The Coleman Collection is a bath and body care shop geared for healthy skin. We pride ourselves on using quality ingredients. From body butters to bath products, feel confident knowing we use the finest ingredients forever natural, organic, and cruelty-free. Guys, let us put together a gift box for that special person in your life. The Coleman Collection has something for everyone, including our ever-popular beard balm and beard oil designed specifically for the man in your life. Check out our catalog and order online at thecolemancollection.net. Look, feel, and smell better with organic products from The Coleman Collection. TheColemanCollection.net. Hello, this is gospel recording artist Tina Adams, and I'm so excited about my new EP that has just dropped on all major digital platforms. This music is going to touch your soul because it depicts and gives an imagery of everyday life situations. So go and be blessed. Again, search for See About Me by Tina Adams on your favorite digital platform. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Dynamic Dave for JoinetRadio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Gathering, Joinet Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on JoinetRadio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to JoinetRadio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at JoinetRadio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. Spent a lot of time talking about um, 
fathers this show. Uh, and I want to again thank Reverend Stewart for coming on to sparking that conversation. I'd like to hear your calls, your conversation about it. You know, uh, we've got to have a conversation. It's not, you know, when you're trying to work out something, it ain't easy. Okay? You got to be able to sit down and have that conversation. It's tough. You're going to cry. You're going to hug. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to hug. You're going to laugh. But at the end of the day, you come to a resolution, and that's what we need to do as it relates to fathers. And we need to stop this lying on black fathers. We just got to stop that. Okay? I ran across an article that I found interesting, and it's entitled, What Happened to the 70 Cops Involved in Notorious Killings? Okay? What, what happened to those? We... Uh, this is from the Insider. It says, Insider's review of 72 cops involved in two dozen of the most notorious police killings in the past 30 years show many different paths the officers have taken. Some dwindled into obscurity after resigning or being fired. Others stayed on the force and even received promotions. A few became pro-police rally points, while others ended up incarcerated for their crimes an extremely rarity for the police who kill people on the job. Isn't that interesting? Another article I ran across, which is not surprising, and I'm trying to bring it up here. Let me see if I can get it up. But apparently, during the uh, BLM protest, During the BLM protest, let me see if this will come up. Wow. The Atlanta Journal on Instagram, the FBI paid an informant tens of thousands of dollars to infiltrate the racial justice protest. Now, what's weird about this is I've been trying to get this article to come up for the last 15 minutes. It was up earlier, but it's not up now. Ain't that something? But the article was talking about that they had hired this ex-con. Excuse me. Well, I, now now I'm really, because I wanted to talk about this. Now I'm a little frustrated. I want to see if I can copy and paste this now. All right. All right. Excuse me. Excuse me while I do some, some research on air. Okay. <laughs> excuse me while I do a little research on air. Okay. Because I was going to, that was one of the articles I was going to talk about. All right, so let's do this. Let's bring up Google. FBI hired informant to infiltrate Black Lives Matter. Let's see what comes up. So here it is again. So they pulled it from Instagram. But according to the Intercept, the Guardian, wow, look at this. 
Here we go. So, let's see. As racial justice protests break out, broke out nationwide in the summer of 2020, a man driving a silver hearse became a regular at demonstrations in Denver. He was a punchy 5'7", with a ruddy complexion and wore military fatigues with patches on the sleeves. But by activist standards, he was an old-timer pushing 50 as he swaggered through crowds of teens and 20-something protesters, a cigar clamped in his lips. I didn't know much about him, but he drove a hearse, said Zell Paul, a black activist in Denver. Inside this hearse, was a lot of guns, AR-15s, and all other kinds of stuff. The driver of the hearse filled with guns was Michael Adam Windecker II. He went by the name of Mickey and boasted of having been a soldier for the French Foreign Legion and Peshmerga. He was just a bad dude. So what's the point? They go through this article and they find out for the last year, someone has been investigating Windecker and has worked with or for the FBI. There's a 10-episode podcast called Alphabet Boys from Western Sound and iHeart Podcast. As part of the investigation, they reviewed more than 300 pages of FBI reports and hours of FBI undercover recordings as well as publicly available video recorded by Denver demonstrators and by Wynn Decker himself. I also examined dozens of court files related to Wynn Decker's past and interviewed more than a three dozen witnesses. The FBI obviously declined to talk about Wynn Decker. Windecker became an organizer of Denver's racial justice demonstrations and ultimately undermined the social movement, gaining momentum there. Windecker said, I don't talk to the press, I don't talk to politicians, and I don't talk to police. FBI payment receipt records signed by Windecker shows that he was paid more than $20,000 for his work during the summer of 2020, when the FBI aggressively pursued racial justice and left-wing activists based on nothing more than First Amendment-protected activities. The story of the Bureau's infiltration of racial justice activist groups is particularly relevant now as House Republicans launch a new committee, chaired by Jim Jordan, that seemed exclusively focused on the FBI's alleged targeting of right-wing groups. The FBI's work in Denver with Windecker as it eyes and ears on the street demonstrates the falsity of that narrative. While on the payroll, Windecker became an organizer of Denver's racial justice demonstrations and ultimately undermined the social movement gaining momentum there by deploying the same controversial tactics the FBI used 
to devastating effects against black political groups during the civil rights movement. There's a name that you should remember. I'm going to call it here in just a moment. Until now, little has been revealed about the FBI's action in the summer of 2020. The Denver un undercover probe involving Windecker provides the first look behind the scenes at how, FBI, how the FBI viewed and instigated racial justice groups during the turbulent summer. Now, if you hadn't figured this out by now, let me, let me just say a name for you. Those of us who grew up and understand this, there was a name called COINTELPRO. And this organization that was put together by the FBI to infiltrate SCLC, SNCC, Black Panthers, all of them, to try to sow dissent from the inside. Okay? We know how that worked. FBI informant was at the center of Fred Hampton's murder. FBI informant at the center of Martin Luther King's murder. FBI informant at the center of Malcolm X's murder. And if you remember during that time period, there is videotape of white boys with masks going up and vandalizing, and I believe this happened in Minnesota. They were vandalizing these stores. And people were telling them, don't vandalize this. Who, is, who are you? And when they got approached, they ran off. So I don't doubt that Windecker was not the only one. The FBI just didn't pick one guy. They picked a lot of them. This is what they do. I'm looking forward to this. In fact, I'm going to go out and find this podcast. It's called The Alphabet Boys. We need to understand what the FBI is doing to us. We need to understand what this country is doing to us. This is why it is so important that we come together, fathers, mothers, children. There is a war against us. There's not a war on, black, on white people. There's been a war on black people in this country for decades, and it continues, and it's getting worse. And we're not paying attention. Coming up in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you what we got to do. That's what's going on in this country. That's what we ought to be concerned about. At some point, we got to have some, some, some self-preservation. You know, you, you have self-preservation when you go to work. You come home, you pay your bills. Take care of your kids. We got to do that as a race of people. Because it's clear, and, and by the way, and it's so funny that this documentary comes out, because they are so on point about the fact that here we are having some type of committee hearings about what places like Facebook, YouTube, targeting right-wing activists. And now we got prima facie evidence that it was the Trump administration who was actually targeting black people. 
via the FBI. See, this is nothing new to us. They've been doing this for years. And the irony behind it, they didn't target the Proud Boys. They didn't target the Oath Keepers. They, they hadn't targeted the KKK. None of those groups. How is it that we have all of this domestic, domestic terrorism going on right now and the FBI didn't, didn't figure this out? They weren't tapping their phones before January 6th? But you're going to sow discontent in peaceful marches where black people had a legitimate reason to march because they're being murdered by cops. But you want to sow discontent. Whereas on January 6th, there was no legitimacy in what they did on the Capitol. None whatsoever. This is your FBI, girls and boys. This is it right here. This should be disturbing. Ten-part series, Alphabet Boys. I'm going to look for that. Because this is COINTELPRO all over again. And I think as you move forward, you've got to decide when you start putting groups together, you've got to decide who you can trust and who you can't. And you've got to understand also that your own people will sell you out. Sell you out very quickly for 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> That's just terrible, man. But I'm proud of the Democrats who are on these committees who are pushing back. And it's going to be interesting when more and more of this come out. This is all over the internet. You're talking about a bombshell. Wow. I mentioned earlier as well, there's been a lot of bombshells that have been going on. We talked about the one with Fox News and this, this Dominion lawsuit of $1.6 billion. And I hope they get every damn penny. I hope they do. Now, the word has come out today that the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, decided to release thousands of tapes to Tucker Carlson and Fox News. Huh? He didn't release it to anyone else but Fox News. How is it that you can take the people's records made by with the people's money and you arbitrarily decide to share it with one news outlet. A news outlet, by the way, who's been busted for lying to you. Wow. Somebody needs to sue. Oh, man, I'm so tired of this. Also, by the way, the foreman for the grand jury in Georgia is talking. Not revealing a lot of stuff, but apparently, uh, apparently, she said she would not discuss specific indictments in the special grand jury's report, but noted it's not a short list when, when it comes to indictments. We recommend an indictment against multiple people on a wide range of charges. A whole lot. In other words, there are going to be a few people going to jail at least. You better get your penny saved for your attorney. 
I'm just saying, you better get it saved. It's it's crazy. Unbelievable. So I'm looking forward to this. Does that mean that Trump's going to get indicted? Do Will he get indicted? Dude, when you call and say, well, I, I, I just want to, can you just find me 1,180 votes? <laughs> Man, you know, I don't like to see a person's downfall. But I do love to see it when a liar falls. And all of these people who have lied to the American people. Look, if your your position has merit, why do you have to lie about it? If it is honest and true, why do you claim to lie about it? It's kind of like a white Christian who's an uh, who says they're Christian, but they're oxymorons. You say it, but you don't really live it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. This is so crazy. I just, whew. I'm just waiting to see who's going to be indicted. I'm. This is getting interesting. This is like Christmas. You know, the the run-up to Christmas. You know when you're a little kid, right? You go to bed. You got all the presents around the tree. You wake up the next morning. And your mama say, you can't open the presents yet. <laughs> That's what this is. This, you, you tell us that there's a long list of people being indicted. But now we got to still wait to see when that's going to happen. And really, the big present is Donald J. Trump. Will he be indicted? Because if he's not indicted, this is all for naught. Okay? And we're in serious trouble. Because what you have said, and by the way, there are other court cases around him. But what if, if he's not indicted in this, when clearly he was trying to interfere with an election. Lindsey Graham, all of those people calling the, the uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State. If they're not indicted on that, then our democracy is truly in trouble. Truly in trouble. So we'll see what happens. But we should not allow, we should not allow them to run from their lies. And we have to get out and vote. If we haven't seen anything that was so significant before, this past, these past couple of years tells us one thing that we must get out and vote. Because we have a select few of white people, white men, who think that they know what's best for the country when they don't know their butts from a hole in the ground. 
And we cannot allow this to continue. We have to stand up and do something about it. And the one thing that we can do, and I'm going to tell you in a few minutes the other thing that we can do, but the one thing that we can do is make sure, make sure that we kick their butts at the ballot box. Look, let's be realistic. Democrats are really no better to some extent. But right now, they at least are trying to do something for the American people. The Republicans party, the Republican Party, or I should say the Republican Party, is doing nothing more than trying to codify power so that they can stay in power. You're seeing it across state houses with the gerrymandering, with the with the ill-begotten drawing of state lines or election lines. That's all they're doing. They don't care about the people. They care about their power. That's it. And when you get people who are drunk with power, you got a problem. And the Republican Party is drunk with power. Don't want to share mine, 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 mine. That's what they sound like. We have to do a better job of steering our leaders and getting them to fight for the things that we know is best. That's the bottom line on it. That's the bottom line on it. So get to the polls. But I'm looking forward to these indictments. We'll see. We can speculate right now. Speculation doesn't do any good. I want to know what's going on. Who's going to do it? Who's going to get it? Trump's got to be in one of these. You know, it's kind of like opening a box and what you want is not. The big present, the real present that you want ain't in any of the other boxes. So this is the first box because we've got the document scandal. We've got the New York Attorney General scandal. that They're doing something. So maybe, you know, we might hit the lottery. We may. Who knows? <laughs> it's going to be fun going forward. It really is. All right, we got to take our last break. When we come back, you know what we got to do. I got to tell you what we must do. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. Dynamic Dave for joinedradio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? 
gathering? Joinette Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinetteradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinetteradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinetteradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products, national producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Havivi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from 9 to 5. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn you all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Dave's radio show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bake it, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, 
I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. All right, welcome to this, this segment, What We Must Do, the recurrent segment that we do daily here on Black Focus Radio to try and give some guidance to black leaders as we begin this fight or continue this fight for equality. It is my humble opinion that the only way that we're going to change our dynamics in America is through economics. Now, I might be sounding like a lot of black economists, but I'm looking at it from a different way. Certainly, we ought to start spending money with black businesses. Certainly, we should start supporting black businesses. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But see, that's a long-term solution. I have a short-term solution that makes a difference. I'm going to throw some numbers at you here. Y'all check this out, okay? These are college basketball value rankings. These valuations of 176 major college basketball programs based on what each would be worth on the open market based on revenues, expenses, and other factors. Who do you think is number one? Huh? Kentucky. Two hundred and forty-four million, two hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars. Then you have Louisville. So that's two schools at the top of the chart in one state: Kentucky and Louisville. Here's the top ten: Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, Duke, Kansas, Wisconsin. Ohio State, Maryland, Syracuse, and North Carolina. So the ACC has two in the top ten. Let's go to football. Who do you think numbers one? number one? It ain't Alabama. They're on the list. Texas is number one. Texas is their... There, as of 2018, their valuation was one billion one hundred and five million four hundred and ninety three thousand three hundred and seventy eight dollars. Alabama was, I mean, Ohio State was number two. Alabama was number three. Georgia, excuse me, Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia. Oklahoma, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, is that there's one school on here, let me double check, that's on both lists in the top 10. You know what school that is? That's Ohio State. That's right, your Ohio State University. So there are two, there, there are two basketball and football programs uh, va- evaluate, were evaluated at over $2 billion. And you know why they're worth that much? It's because little black boys 
who run up and down that field and make all those white people spend their money. Now, I'm going to ask you, what would happen if all those little black boys stopped running up and down that field or that court in any of those top ten schools I just named? What would happen? Now, you say, David, you talk about this every day. You're exactly right. I do. Because I'm trying to give you a roadmap. I'm trying to give our leaders a roadmap on how to solve this problem of bigotry, racism, and these culture wars that do nothing but attack black people. I'm trying to give you an answer. And there's only one answer. And that answer is we must stop entertaining them on a sports level. I just told you Ohio State and football and basketball is worth over $2 billion. There's a whole list of these schools. Go out and look. It's, in, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's from the Wall Street Journal. Just go out and look at look for college basketball value rankings and then look for college football value rankings. That's how much money your child helps them earn. That's what their value is. And your child is not getting a penny. And your child can't vote in their states. You can't elect someone that represents you because of gerrymandering. You want to solve this problem? Tell your child he's not going to play this Sunday or this Saturday. Tell them you're going to boycott March Madness. You don't think it'll work? Let's go out and find Jonathan Butler and the kids of Missouri. I bet they will. I bet it will work. we got to take a break. I hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time. It's called Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. On joinetradio.com. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.